Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Everybody, we have a very special guest today. She's a good friend of mine and just a great person overall. Becca, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, hello, I am Becca Stroud. I am 17 and I am a high school student with autism and ADHD. Yeah, and so I think specifically diving into that topic um, and talking about autism, Autism Awareness Month, um, can you just dive into a little bit about what is autism because I think that that seems like a really basic question but I think a lot of people think that they know and actually just don't really understand it um yeah so autism is like a neurological developmental disability um that a person can be diagnosed with a, a child or even late into life and it just persists throughout the lifespan and um there's no cure for it there's no um treatment for it uh i think there's medication that can help with uh adhd but not autism so um but i know that symptoms are like um obsessive interest stimming delayed speech and language skills sensory sensitivity trouble understanding others that are talking about their own um getting upset by minor changes and not understanding jokes or sarcasm or teasing. Um, but everyone with autism, autism is different, so. Yeah, and I feel like autism gets like a really weird stigma because it's not, like you said, A, it's a really big spectrum, but also because I think people expect it, like with a lot of neurological or developmental disorders, it's very overt and it's very clear and there's a very large difference between, you know, um, somebody that may be, I don't know the correct terminology, but like, I don't, I think that you, you understand what I'm trying to get at. Um, that's like, I, yeah, I, I don't want to say normal, but I don't know the correct word. So if you have the correct terminology for it. Um, I honestly don't know. I think that like, there's, you know, there is high functioning and low functioning, but that's like not really like respected in the autism community. Um, but I mean, even my therapist was like, I, I don't know if there's no other word for it, so. Yeah, I feel like I, that's that's another thing that's hard about it is just trying to have like the discussion and discourse about it. Um, but how did you go about getting your diagnosis? Because I know that that was recent and I know that specifically with both ADHD and autism, diagnosis in women is very, very low and it often goes undiagnosed. So what when did you think that maybe there was some reason that you might want to try to get tested or that um so back in 2018 i thought i might have ocd because um i had these strict adherence routines and i would get really upset if my routine was uh turned around or something like really like surprises that like upended my routines Mm-hmm. And, and um, so I would get really upset, and I was like, maybe it's just OCD or something. And 
so we went to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or whatever you call them. Um, <laughs> and they immediately got me set up to test for autism. And I was like, autism, that's weird. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also had like depression and anxiety and that's kind of the main reason I was there, but with, with autism tests was surprised me. Um, and so I did this whole process of testing that took like a whole day. And um, later, like a week later, they came with the results and they said that there's this like test, this specific test that has the scale and about seven is the cutoff. And that's exactly what I got was a seven. Mm. And so they diagnosed me with autism in 2018. And um, that was kind of weird for me because I didn't know what I was. I was like, so I'm kind of autistic enough to be on this like spectrum sort of, but just not autistic enough to be diagnosed. And that was a really weird place for me. And then yeah. um, I was in about two years of therapy and my therapist was thinking that I should get tested again. I was also doing more research and thinking that like, man, I really fit into some of these um, symptoms and stuff like that. So I wanted to get tested again. And this time I came out with an 11, mm. which was enough to be officially diagnosed. And um, the test was even longer the second time. They had me um, tested for attention, which was a new thing where I had to sit there for like 15 minutes and press if I saw a one and not press if I saw a two. And it was like incredibly hard. <laughs> and uh, it told me that I had like auditory processing issues, which is kind of believable because it takes me a long time to process what he says to me. But um so I got diagnosed with autism and then the testing for the attention was for my ADHD, which I was completely surprised by that. I did not expect to go in there with ADHD. Um, but I think that overall it really helped because so much made sense in my life. So much of my previous behaviors, um, there were times when I didn't understand social situations and now I know that like that's just I couldn't help it like mm. it's not because I was stupid or dumb it's because I literally have a disability and I think that really helps so yeah and I feel like that I mean that kind of like raises one of the questions that I had is do you think that like the term disability is bad do you think that it's okay like what because I feel like there is a lot of stigma surrounding it. And there is like a lot of times where people, I think, use that almost as an insult or as like a dig. And so what's your opinion, first of all, on just kind of like terminology, but also just on like the broader scale of maybe how the stereotypes around autism are used? Um, I think that I, I really don't like a lot of the stereotypes because because it's such a wide spectrum they're mm -hmm. honestly insignificant and um when you meet someone who's autistic after hearing all these things about them it usually never matters because you're almost always going to be wrong at some point yeah and um, i think when it comes to terminology a lot of the stuff that we 
used medically is like totally appropriate. So like disability, like that's what it is. And I think that that is okay. And, um, and I think that we need to accept that disabilities aren't bad is the problem. And I think that the problem isn't the terminology or what we call it, but how we think of it. And I think that's where our problems lie. Yeah, I really, really, that struck me when you said that kind of talking about how it's not that we need to not call a disability. It's that we really need to focus on why we think that having a disability is so bad that it's like an insult or something like that. Cause I think that that is really, really huge. And that can be applied to so many different things, including just mental health stuff in general. Cause I know that you talked about other diagnoses. And I was also wondering, do you feel like people may get misdiagnosed with other things? Or do you feel like it's more that maybe autism is connected with things like ADHD or depression, even with maybe feeling all of those feelings of feeling like you don't fit in or feeling like you're stupid or feeling all of those things? Um, autism actually comes with a lot of stuff. So like, I know that the depression and anxiety and the ADHD all literally stem from autism. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that like, for, an autistic trait is that it's hard to describe feelings. And so when it comes to the depression and the anxiety, uh, it can get really hard to describe what I'm feeling and to talk to my therapist about it. But um, it ends up that it's just part of my autism. And um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's really interesting to see how they are like so interwoven but I also do think that it's interesting how at first maybe you didn't get that diagnosis and so it was hard to maybe tell like where all of these things were coming from and I sure it also felt overwhelming because it's like you're getting all of these diagnoses but you're not really getting the one that it stems from so you're like okay what is literally going on right now like this is there's so much going on and I know that you mentioned that you're going to therapy and seeing like your therapist and specifically I was wondering since you know there aren't specific like cures or anything for autism um what do you feel like was the biggest benefit of getting the, the diagnosis like are there certain like therapies that you can do to help it or is it more just like an awareness of maybe certain things that in certain ways your brain works and I know having a diagnosis itself can be very helpful and therapeutic in general um yeah, I think with treatment, there's still a lot to be studied, and um, hopefully more with girls, too, because it, so many people, when they study autism, they don't only study men, mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, probably why I didn't get diagnosed at first, and um, probably why tons of girls and women get diagnosed uh, in the later years, but... Um, Oh God, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> um, oh no, just like, um, like, did you feel like it was more he helpful, like just in the sense of like getting a diagnosis or um, did you feel like it was, there were certain like things that maybe the diagnosis could help get you treatments or just be better understand yourself and the way your brain works? Right. Um, I think there's not a lot of treatments for it. There's ABA therapy, which is 
super not respected because it is like exposure therapy. They like force you to have eye contact and stuff. Mm. And I know it's studied like by the military to not have great effects. Um, but um, I think that with a diagnosis comes this opportunity to learn um, yeah. about yourself and like this becomes easier to deal with it. It's um, like, I know when I got diagnosed, I immediately had to set up um, some stuff with my school because I could get accommodations. I could get, um, you know, like walking out of class when I was gonna have a meltdown or something like that. But um, I personally um, don't need accommodations but I know that if there is other people out there with autism, that that could be super helpful with the diagnosis. And I think it makes it easier to, for other people to know that like what is going on and it makes it easier for other people to understand and learn from the individual. Yeah, I feel like that's so true. And it gives, it's like, there's like this bona fide kind of like, well, one cause that you can kind of point to. And I think that that's always really helpful. Um, and then, like you were saying, I think that, I mean, it's unfortunate that we always need a diagnosis in order for like systems to be like, okay, like you can have this now. Like I understand that it's hard for them to always grasp something without a diagnosis. But I think that, like you said, that that opens a lot of doors for you. And I also wanted to go into kind of the representation in media and film because I feel like that's something that's really been harmful <laughs> in a lot of ways especially in perpetuating those stigmas and stereotypes and kind of like the first thing I wanted to talk about was it's the most recent thing and I saw it everywhere and it's this the see a documentary thing and the way that that portrayed autism um can you talk a little bit about that right so um Sia's uh, I think it's a movie uh, or a musical yeah. called Music. And um, it basically isn't about the autistic girl in the movie whose name is Music. It's not even about her. Um, she's used as kind of a plot device for pushing the story forward for these other neurotypical people. Um, but she's introduced as like this burden to the main character and um, I've watched a ton of videos on um, this movie and what it does and how, what's in it because I don't want to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but um, there's some really good videos out there that talk about it and how it's harmful. Um, I know that they encourage restraint methods that like are super harmful and stress autistic people out and have poor results. And they introduce them as like being helpful and mm. calming an autistic person down and they never do. And um, it's like holding an autistic person to the ground. And uh, they encourage that as like a positive way to uh, calm an autistic person down, which I know that is completely wrong. And she also worked with um, Autism Speaks, which is super, I guess condemned in the autism community because 
they use a lot of fear mongering. There's good videos about that out too. Um, they have this commercial called I Am Autism, and it introduces autism as this huge burden that like rips apart families. Mm -hmm. And they use that a lot to this day of fear mongering of autism. And I think that's what's really harmful about Autism Speaks and also Sears Music. Um, not her music, but the movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that she also clearly has this bad representation of autistic people. Uh, she had an interview where she discussed it and she talks about them about being like pure and that relates to like this whole thing with the uh, stereotype that autistic people are like forever children mm. um, which is completely wrong and very invalidating and definitely just like puts you down like thinking like you can never grow up and um, like that's so <laughs> hard to listen to and hear as being one of like very few representations in film and I think that with autism I think it's pretty easy to portray in film because you don't have to be like oh this person is a burden this person is hard to take care of you just portray them as they are and let the viewer decide how they feel and usually that feeling is not going to be oh they're a burden it's going to be that they're their own person and I think that that's the problem is when the movie or film shows them as being a burden instead of showing them as being their own person so I think it's, it'd be better if there are more autistic main characters um definitely and I think that um what a lot of people do, what a lot of people, like autistic people that I know do, um, is take characters that know, that they're familiar with, and that a lot of people are familiar with, and say, oh, I recognize that person as being autistic. Mm. So, you know, I've seen, like, Paddington Bear as being autistic, and I think that's so great, and I think that that's actually really helpful, and when especially when you don't say like, oh, this person has autism, the viewer doesn't directly associate the character with their negative connotations that they have with autism already. And like, I think that's super helpful. So I think with playing like an autistic character, I think that you really have to, or like creating an autistic character, You have, whether you're portraying them as a burden or whether you're portraying them as their own just person that has these simple traits that just are part of the disability and I think that I think that could be make uh, the representation in media and film a lot easier yeah I, I totally agree I feel like not making the whole storyline that that the person has autism but rather that just like kind of you know being implied um and just being a part of like the character and I I feel like it's also I mean like you were saying like what she was saying about you know being pure and forever children and I I remember one time just reading this thing that was talking about all of these just brilliant thinkers like maybe even Einstein that might not be 
the specific person, but they were like just famous composers and so many people that are just so intelligent who have autism. It's, it's, it's not this just like limitation of ability, you know, if anything, it's, it's just a different way that your brain works too. And I think that yeah, that's sure. really beautiful. Yeah, I know that so many people that like, if you look up like a bunch of autistic actors and creators, you'll find so many surprising things. Like I know, like um, I recently learned Tim Burton was autistic. Wow. Um, and well, he's a little problematic in his own <laughs> way, but um, <laughs> he still, I think, is a great representation for us as creators that we are our own people and not uh we don't always you know require support we don't always require being spoken for we can uh a lot of us can speak for ourselves even with support required autistic people aren't them and their supporters they are themselves and they just require support yeah, I think that representation in media and film that we need to portray them when they do require support that we portray them mostly as their own people and yeah. um, when they don't require support we portray them as creators and uh, imagination havers and like people that can yeah. do things that you like the average person probably doesn't know that an autistic person can do um so i think like it's really great <laughs> yeah um, and i i also wanted to ask you because i know that there's been i mean with the scene movie but also just in other things like i know leonardo dicaprio and i don't want to mess up the movie i think it's in i don't know the title actually it's something gilbert great um <laughs> but yeah and i i wanted to know your opinion on do you think that someone without autism should be allowed to play someone with autism? Like if they do research and stuff, or do you feel like that that opportunity should really be limited um, to allowing more autistic actors to have opportunities? Yeah, so I think that with um, autism and when a person is like less visibly autistic, then they can play characters that are definitely not like this mm -hmm. autistic. So like, you know, your favorite character in a Disney movie could be played by an autistic person. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't know the difference. And I think that shows that like autistic people can act like regular people, like they are regular people. Yeah. And um, God, I don't want to mess up the words of my own community, but like, um, I think that with Leonardo DiCaprio, especially, I think he plays a uh, like developmentally delayed individual, but like people are guessing that he's autistic. And I think that in that movie specifically, um, Gilbert Grape is his brother, his caretaker. So he's not even the main character, but um, the story revolves around him. And I think that he does, he's more of a plot device than anything else. Uh, and I think that kind of stuck 
but I think that with Leonardo DiCaprio playing a developmentally delayed person, I know that most, from what I've seen, autistic people don't mind it when neurotypical people play autistic people or neurodivergent people. Um, I think that they understand and that I understand how difficult it can be because autistic people are a, a minority and you most people don't understand um, how to work with them and effectively. And I think that that can be hard for someone who's never interacted with someone who's uh, autistic. And I think that when people say, oh yeah, it's totally fine for a neurotypical person to play an autistic person. I think that that's what they're getting at is that they understand that it can be difficult. And, um, and so, and like you, you can feel guilty because like, oh God, this is so hard, but like, it's still like, we understand that it's hard mm-hmm. and we you feel probably guilty for calling it hard, but like, that's what it is. And like, um, I think that me personally, I would prefer autistic people to play autistic people. Yeah. And, uh, cause I think one, they could better understand it. Two, it does create more representation for um, autistic actors. Um, but like I said before, autistic actors can play neurotypical people and it can be fine or not visibly autistic people, whatever you want to call it. And um, I think that with uh, that representation and as actors and as characters, um, I think we could do a lot of damage to the autism stereotypes and stigma um, by just teaching people that like it's it's all different. Like everyone is different. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I totally didn't want that to seem at all. Like I was saying that if you have autism, you can only play somebody with autism. Cause like you said, there's such a spectrum and all that. And it's also, I think um, kind of what I was hearing you say a little bit too, it's like, it's, it depends almost a little bit more so on the plot too, of like how the like person with autism or maybe doesn't, who doesn't visibly have it um, is being portrayed within the story. Um, as well, like, you know, and not just being used as a plot device and not just being used as like this side thing in the story. Um, But like we said earlier, it's also like, you don't have to make it their only personality trait. So I think that there's a lot of nuance within that conversation. Um, And then kind of switching lanes a little bit. I know that this has kind of um, been relabeled as autism awareness month instead of just like, I don't know. I think that there were multiple other labels, but what do you feel like the emphasis on the wording like of awareness was? And then um, what do you feel like other people can do to kind of learn more and just kind of help support people with autism? Uh, The thing about this month is that it's um, what's originally called Autism Awareness Month. 
Oh, and, okay. Um, yeah. So, but the thing about awareness is that it doesn't automatically come like acceptance. It, like, someone can be perfectly aware of autism and then think, oh, maybe eugenics is the answer, which it's not. Yeah. And I think um, with autism awareness, it doesn't exactly help our community. I think it makes maybe people more aware, which is like a good thing, but it doesn't directly benefit us. Like for one individual to be like, oh yeah, autism exists. It, that doesn't help us. Mm -hmm. But I think you decide to start being more accepting, which is it's um, Autism Acceptance Month. Yeah. Then you can... And, um, you know, be treated as someone who is just a person with a disability and that disability doesn't define you. And I think that with um, Autism Acceptance Month, um, you have to, like, accept autism for what it is and not try to cure it or anything or not be like we can fix this um and I think that that's the reason that people are kind of changing the name of it and um and I think that it's being used as a tool to um one let autistic children and teens and even teenagers like me um know that like they aren't wrong or bad or limited I mean technically sometimes they are like with um I think like with a disability comes these limitations mm -hmm. and um with autism comes sometimes intellectual limitations and that can be really hard to overcome although you never really overcome it because it's a lifelong disability it just makes things harder for you and I think that that's what we need to accept is that you can have this disability have this uh, impairment and still be treated with respect and be treated normally you know like as a regular person and not as someone who's like an alien Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this month can be used really well to um, let neurotypical people know what they can do to help autistic people like live life to the fullest like not have like living in like um, a holistic world which is like anyone without autism um is hard for us because we think completely differently like most of the time and we have these different differences that make it really hard for us and i think that um with this month people can learn how to make it easier for us and i think that's really important but think that um, what other people can do, what I know 
that neurotypicals can do is the most important thing is to do the research. Like know about it, know what you can say, what you can't say, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Like I shouldn't be the only person telling you that like, oh, mm -hmm. you shouldn't say the R part or whatever and you shouldn't. But um, I think that um, it's important, like the most important thing is to do your research so that you can get from like multiple sources, like what are autistic people thinking? What are autistic people saying? And um, not just one autistic mouth. And I think that what like regular people can do is like, um, including like flashing light or loud sound warnings and videos, not saying the R slur, which is really bad and hurtful. Um, if you want to support us, but like you don't know how, the first thing I would tell you is to not associate with Autumn Speaks uh, the puzzle piece symbol or the lighted up blue campaign. Those are all parts of Autism Speaks and uh, to associate with them is to encourage people to like, look like, use them as like, yeah. a reliable source and we shouldn't because they use a lot of fear mongering uh, for autism. And I think that um, one thing is that when you meet an autistic person and they say, hey, like I'm autistic, or if you know, then never say things like, you know, everyone's a little on the spectrum, or I would never have guessed, because those are like very invalidating and hurtful. And I think that I actually haven't personally been told some of these things, but like, if you say like, oh, everyone's a little on the spectrum, then my diagnosis the one that gave me clarity and gave me closure mm -hmm. is valid and that hurts. And I think that with autistic people, we are more sensitive to some of those things. And um, that's why it's even worse to like to say that type of stuff. So I think that there are a lot of things that just regular neurotypical people can do to help us out. Yeah. And I, I think that that's such kind of like a nice way also to kind of like wrap this up is to just kind of have that be kind of the message is one, having autism doesn't make you abnormal, like in the general sense of like, you're still like a human being, but then also there's so many things that um, people can do to educate themselves and seek out I would say, I mean, obviously, like you said, like not autism speaks, but like seeking out also like things that are published by people with autism and um, things that come like straight from people who have experienced it, I think is, is really wonderful. And Becca, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on here today because you have educated me so much and I'm sure educated so many people. Yeah, I appreciate it. So thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you everybody for listening. I hope you learned a lot.